Greetings and grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there I was. It was the summer of 1994 and I was a freshly minted chaplain captain in the United States Army stationed at Hunter Army Airfield in Savannah, Georgia. And at that time, Hunter Army Airfield was home to the 24th Infantry Division Aviation Brigade, to which I was assigned. But it was also, more importantly for this story, it was also the home of the 1st Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. And a member of that 1st Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment, was CW4 Doc Donovan. And Doc Donovan was truly a legend in the Ranger Regiment and the Special Operations Units of the United States Army and of uh, the nation at the time. The Doc used to come into the chapel every week dressed in his finest military uniform, his, his mess dress uniform, his, his blue uniform, he would come into the chapel around 11 o'clock, just exactly as the, the time that the chapel service was to start. He, he didn't want anybody else to see him. He was a pretty humble guy. And then he would always exit just about 11.59, just about the time that, that the service was to end. Well, on this particular Sunday, yours truly was given the opportunity to preach and the text that was given to me to preach just so happened to be the same text that we have before us today. Luke's version of the Our Father. And I was so happy to have this assignment because while I was in the seminary, during my seminary years, I got very few A's. And it just so happened that the paper that I had to write on Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13... Um, I was able and fortunate enough to, to get an A on that paper. And so as I was given this assignment to preach from this text, I, I pulled my notes out of, out of my, my suitcases and, and dusted off those old notes. And that morning, sure enough, at about 11 o'clock, Doc Donovan came into the back of the chapel wearing his blue uniform, and around 11.15 I got up and preached what I thought was one of the finest sermons up to that point in my life that I had ever given. I preached well that day on the Our Father and, and came away pretty proud. And as I, I got to the end of that prayer, end of that sermon, I looked up and I could see that that Doc Donovan had been moved to tears. And I puffed my chest out and expanded my lungs, thinking, boy, you had done really well today. And so at about 11.55, I wanted to hear what, what great news, what great words I had brought to this living legend's mind that would bring him to tears. So I ran to the back of the chapel, and before the Doc could get away, I... I said, Doc, I, I, I noticed that you were moved today. I'm wondering what happened. Now, the Doc was from New York, and he had a heavy, heavy accent from that part of the country. And he, he said, well, Chaplain, you, you, you'll never understand what happened to me today. 
and he pulled me aside into a spot where only he and I could hear his words. And he said to me, it was 1968, and he was a young specialist just out of his first assignment and in, in being a medic, and they sent him to Vietnam. He got off the plane and in Saigon, and they rushed the entire plane into a Quonset hut, and they and, and in the doc's words, he told me, Chaplain, they inoculated me with every kind of inoculation you could find. And shortly after they were inoculated, he was separated out and put onto a C-130 to head to a fire base. And as that plane took off, the doc began to feel all of those inoculations within his body. And he said shortly thereafter, he said to me, Chaplain, I was doubled over. And some form of liquid was flowing out of every orifice in my body. Well, all the old soldiers on that C-130 began to laugh at that young specialist up in the front of the plane. Now, an old soldier at those days wasn't just somebody who was old chronologically or older than an 18 or 19-year-old, but it was someone who had fought in World War II. It was someone who had gone through the Korean conflict, and more than likely it was someone who had gone through one, maybe two tours in Vietnam already. And so all, as all these old soldiers were laughing at this young specialist, a newly minted and freshly assigned lieutenant gotten up out of the back of the plane, came forward, found the doc's rucksack, pulled out a fresh pair of underwear and T-shirt, found a fresh set of fatigues, took the doc aside, helped him get his clothes off, cleaned him up, and then put on for him his, his new underwear and helped him put on his fatigues. And about that time, that, that C-130 landed in the spot they were going and he didn't even have a chance to, to thank the lieutenant. Well, eight months go by, and it was in the middle of the monsoon season, and he, the doc, was still at that fire base, and the, the fire base that they were assigned at came under attack, and soon after the attack started, word came that a man was down at the front gate. So in that monsoon, the the doc was able to maneuver his position to see the front gate, and sure enough, there was a guy, a man, laying down, face down in the mud as that monsoon rain was heavily coming down. So with, with covering fire going across his head, the doc low-crawled out to the spot where he was able to to get to the body, and he rolled the body over onto his lap and began to checked the body and he soon found that it was riddled with bullet holes shortly thereafter the the person that he was holding began to cough up blood out of his his throat and as he was able to clear his throat he began to, he began to say our fa our father our father who art in heaven and then he asked the doc he said help me Help me to pray this prayer. The doc turned to me with tears in his eyes and he said, Chaplain, do you think that I could remember that prayer? And he said shortly thereafter, the young man perished in his arms 
And of course, that young man was the lieutenant who had eight months earlier gotten up out of the back of the plane and helped him get cleaned up. Well, fast forward Doc's life from 1968 to the early 1990s. And during that time, the Doc had been involved in nearly every military operation the United States was involved in. He was heavily awarded and had lots of medals been given to him. And it was in October of, er, of the early 1990s, and he was on a training mission with a special operations unit out at the Great Salt Lake in Salt Lake City, Utah. And it was in October, and uh, a storm rolled in just as the two aircraft that they were watching took off. And on those two aircraft were filled with rangers and and they were going to, to do some training, but as that, that plane took, those airplanes took off, not only did a rainstorm begin, but the rain soon turned to slush, and then shortly thereafter turned to snow. And those aircraft unfortunately collided in, in midair over the lake and crashed into the lake, and shortly thereafter, the dock was, re, was one to respond. Found himself on another aircraft and flown out to an island, and he was dropped off with two other rangers, and they threw a, a, an inflatable raft out, out of the door, and shortly thereafter, they began to inflate the raft, and they found that the raft had, had only two of the four uh, partitions in it able to hold air and as they were rowing out in into the water to get to the to the crash site one of the oars broke and it was just a comedy of errors one after the other well at that crash site there happened to be one soldier who was remaining and he was hanging on to the boom of the aircraft before it went down under the water and the man reported later on that shortly he said, I was hanging on, I had almost lost all of my strength, I was going to cry out one more time and let go. So the man cried out one more time, and as he let go of that boom of the aircraft, he fell not into the water, but fell into Doc Donovan's arms. The doc quickly began to check his body for broken bones and, and any open wounds. And then the doc turned to me and he said, you know, all of a sudden I kind of felt like I was back in Vietnam. And shortly thereafter, my mind and my heart and my soul began to flood with that prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It was then that I realized that the emotion and the tears that Doc Donovan had experienced that day had absolutely nothing to do with any of the words that I said, but had everything to do with the spirit that went through Doc's body, lifting him up in times of great need and crisis. And I guess perhaps 
for us today is as many times as we pray the prayer, Our Father, for as often as we kind of recite it just out of our own memory, too often we glaze over this prayer way too quickly. We don't think of the depth and the intimacy that is involved in Jesus' inviting us into this relationship that he has experienced himself with the Father in heaven. How when we hallow God's name, we, we put God's name not just amongst other values in our lives, but we put God's name above all names. And that when we put God's name above all other names, everything else seems to fall into place. And then when we ask for God's kingdom to come, not only throughout the world, but God's kingdom to come into our lives, into our hearts, then are we able to understand greatly that God is our Father and that His name is to be hallowed and that kingdom not only should come into our lives but across the entire world. And then when we pray to be given our daily bread, not merely a substance for our survival, but substance for our souls that we may garner the strength and the courage to walk with Christ and then to forgive our sins. As our sins are then forgiven, we are then able to forgive others who have sinned against us. And then not to bring us into the time of trial, that time when, when as God's kingdom comes into the world, as we hallow God's name, as we make God our Father more and more, that time when, when the world will push back and fight against us even more to help us when we come into that time that God would be with us and to walk with us. Yes, my friends, that prayer is not simply just a rote memory, but it is the intimate relationship between creator and creation. And so when you get the next opportunity to pray that prayer, maybe you go off by yourself and say it slowly, meditative, meditatively, and with your heart to open up and allow God's kingdom to reign in your life, to hallow God's name above all names, to take and ask for the substance of our bread of life, ask for forgiveness of our sins and more even to forgive others who have sinned against us and then when that time of temptation comes that we would be given the strength and the courage to continue to walk with Christ our Savior and all God's people said Amen, Amen.